Hello and welcome to episode 15 of the Haiku Chronicle podcast. I'm Patricia, your host, and I'm delighted that you've joined me again this week to take a journey in my haiku world. I'm very excited to introduce our featured guest this week. It's Kate Alsbury from the US. I'll be reading her haiku and letting you know a little bit more about her in a short while. Meanwhile, I want to say a little about keywords in English language haiku. I've been doing some reading on the subject, as you know. I spoke about gigu, or seasonal words, in episode 13. I wanted to do a follow-up on what could be described as an alternative to seasonal words. That is, keywords. If you haven't listened to episode 13, it might be an idea to just go back and listen to it before you go on and listen to this one. I want to start with what Jim Ketchian had to say in due season. That is, that Kigo make it possible for poems to open outward, to call upon the broadest possible range of human experience within the context where this experience is encountered. Haiku, as it has developed, is inconceivable without the existence of a formal system of Kigo to brace it up, he says. He goes on to say, Since haiku aspires to international status, the element which permits them to open must not be limited to the truths and observations of a single culture. But must be amenable to a more universal inclusiveness. Further, it must remain open-ended to permit growth from subsequent input from other cultures and experiences. If I'm understanding this right, he is suggesting that we should be more open-minded about our seasonal words, not rely on the Japanese lists. Which made me ask the question of myself again, do we need, as haiku writers, prescribed seasonal words, as documented in Seijiki, or can we use words, keywords, which evoke the season, the time about which a haiku is written? I continued reading the article and discovered that Keichin was looking at keywords somewhat differently to me. In his vision of a keyword, it was the word that opened up the haiku, that worked in the same way as a seasonal word. And indeed, seasonal words may even be a subset of keywords. And he used the haiku by Nikola Nilich to illustrate the point. Moonlight, river divides the forest into two nights, in which moonlight is the key word. It might evoke the season to some people, but there is actually no clear season mentioned, and yet it has the feel of haiku. I'll put the link to the article in the show notes so you can have a good read of it yourself. Michael Dillon Welsh, in his article, Up With Seasonal Words, quoted William Higginson from Haiku World, in which he says, Blinding oneself to the actual phenomena of a given place and time because of some loyalty to the saijiki will only interfere with both creating poems and appreciation of the phenomena themselves, which I think also commends the idea of keywords rather than a slavish devotion to seasonal words. My conclusion? Well, at the moment I'm going to go with Higginson and not use seasonal words just for the sake of it. Try and use keywords instead to open up the haiku. You can read my progress in the following weeks, if there is any. You know what, it's not easy, is it? So how was my week of haiku? Well, to be honest, I had a bad week. Not quite writer's block, but something very close to it. I was having problems with phrases and fragments. I was finding it relatively easy to come up with the phrases, but I've lost all confidence in creating fragments. So what I tried to do was write through it in the hope that eventually I'll come out the other side. You can read all my work for the week on the Poetry P website. Click on Daily Haiku. But I think this was my favourite of them. I was in town yesterday, sitting in the restaurant having lunch, 
I watched a young boy and his mum. He was having great fun slipping and sliding on a patch of ice on the street. His mum was there, and at the same time, not there. And I wrote this. A patch of ice on the city street. Playground. Perhaps the phrase and the fragment are too close, I don't know. But either way, it was my favourite, and I hope you can see the picture in your mind's eye. I spent a lot of time in the city last week, and one day I was walking along the cobbled streets of the old town, which normally I love because it's really beautiful. But on that day it was cold, really, really cold. The sky was grey, the cobbles were grey, most of the houses had taken on a grey colour in the shade, and I just thought this. Grey. It made me think of Cor van der Heuvel's haiku, Tundra. And I thought, if he can do it, so can I. And so started the next batch of reading on the topic of one line or even one word haiku. Next week, I'll tell you all about what I've read and whether Grey works as a haiku. In the meantime, if you have any thoughts on the poem Tundra, get in touch and let me know. I've read and reread that haiku so many times, but I think I may have got it now. Let's talk about my featured guest, Kate Ellsbury. Kate is a writer and editor and lover of the great outdoors, all of which she has managed to combine by starting Jalmura, an online journal with a focus on nature, science, art and the environment. She started it to support her partly crowdfunded project that works to save forests and farmland from development. She's found that there aren't many places to share writing and art relating to these topics, so if you know of any more, please get in touch with Kate and let her know. At the moment, Jalmura are accepting submissions of poetry, art, fiction, essays, and anything else that relates to nature or science. And naturally, I'll put the link in the show notes. She's working hard with Jalmura, and is hoping to bring a few changes to the look of it soon, and offer a book of poetry as a free gift when you donate. There's also a newsletter that you can sign up for, and there's a Twitter account, both of which I'll put in the show notes. She says that they're looking for people to join the production team, to help them raise awareness for the project. And of course, those details are on the show notes too. So with all that going on in her life, why does Kate write haiku? She says, I like the challenge of saying something in as few words as possible, and Japanese art has always interested me. Of course, the connection with nature is an important factor. This is her fabulous haiku. Snowfall, following our footprints home. You may be surprised that I chose this haiku. As you know, snow is not my favourite thing. I live in an area where it can linger on far too long in my opinion. And it's snowing heavily outside my window now. However, I still appreciate the beauty of it, particularly as Kate has expressed it. It's an element of living with snow that I enjoy. As I walk around the countryside here in Zurich, prints in the snow fascinate me. There are so many footprints, animal, birds, human, and it fascinates me to see the combinations of prints that go together and the patterns they make in the snow. I found this haiku most romantic, and I can just see myself and whoever I'm walking with, cold and looking forward to a hot chocolate following our footsteps home in the low sun of a winter afternoon. Thanks, Kate. That was absolutely beautiful. And don't forget, if you want to get in touch with Kate, her contact details are on the show notes. That's it for this week. 
Thank you so much for coming along on my haiku journey with me. Keep writing, and remember, I love to have your submissions. I've got two slots available for April at the moment, so perhaps you or your haiku friends could write me a haiku that tells me a little bit about April, where you live. That would be fabulous. Take care, and I look forward to chatting with you next Monday.